This is another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. For people who are never in a bad mood, everyone else is just annoying. And I'm your host, Sydney. Let's dive into what's getting under our skin this week. Okay. What is up, you guys? And welcome to another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. You guys, this is a podcast for the unoffended but constantly irritated individuals. And remember, it is not our fault that everything is annoying. Um, as always, I am your host, Sydney, discussing what has gotten on my nerve this week because it's always something new every other week and I am happy to be joined by my co-host Kenny you know we back in the studio if you didn't tune into last week's episode I would suggest going back and listening but Kenny is joining me as a co-host for a few upcoming episodes (laughs) and the crowd goes wild. wild But you guys, again, if you did not listen to last week's episode, I would strongly advise you go back because, you know, what better way to get to know my new co-host? You're going to be hearing a lot from her. So get used to it. But you guys, um, back to our regularly scheduled programming. This week, we're going to talk about those wintertime blues. You know, it's super common to experience more mood shifts during the colder months and find yourself down I know in the Midwest we keep going through all of these like freaking snowstorms and I'm just sitting in the house not doing a damn thing but baking and FaceTiming people who I know are likely not going to pick up and calling my mom to ask her stuff about my health records that she probably does not remember for my insurance but that does not matter that does not matter but you guys we're gonna get straight into it so starting off with this week's first segment well always the first segment we have a fed up or up so you guys any new listeners this is basically our segment about what has grinded our gears from the past week so um I can start off one thing that has me fed up yeah I I'm an avid complainer I feel like I say this all the time I complain ain't nothing wrong with that but I'm the type of complainer who if I complain about something I'm gonna make a change and whatever is getting on my nerves. I cannot stand having the same conversation with somebody more than twice. Whenever I hear people complaining about the same thing over and over again, it aggravates the living daylights out of me. Like if it's a job, if it's a man, if it's a friend, if it's anything that you're a part of that you just can't seem to find any satisfaction from, I'm like, leave it alone. Because you know, if y'all don't like it, it's something else out there for you to do. I promise you that. And like I said before, I'm the type of person who complains, but I'm also the type of person that will move on from something. If I just notice, hey, this isn't working out. My best benefit. No need for me to continue. It's not a big thing. Um, That's a way of life. We all undergo changes. But when I see you needing to make that change, but you're not doing it, yeah, you still complain about it. That's when I'm like, ah, oh, baby, we can't talk about this no more. We can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to second that one. I definitely complain about a lot of things. 
Um, I'll definitely go and talk about things twice, depending on the, like, if anything's changed with the situation. Um, but I gotta say, like, I agree a hundred percent wholeheartedly. And that just might be like the Virgo in us, because I'm like, if you haven't fixed it the first time, what's going on? And, you know, I mean, like, I'm the type of a person where like, I'll let something bother me for a couple of days. And then I'm going to be like, we got to fix this. Like, for yes. example, I was having some issues with like my work at my job where I was like, well, I'm still having them, <laughs> but it's like <laughs> attention to detail things. Mm-hmm. And that's just never been my strong suit. And for a couple couple days I would like complain about it just because I was like why can't y'all leave me alone (laughs) but then then I realized that like it's just going to be like an avid trigger for me if I don't work to fix it and it's going to suck trying to fix it and relearn this stuff and all that but like if I don't do it it's just going to get worse and I have friends who are like that where they'll like come to me about this same thing over and over and over again and I want to talk about a specific situation, but it would be far too obvious. Um, <laughs> but it's like, I have this one friend that comes to me about the same thing every single time. And mm-hmm. for me, it's like gotten irritating because I'm like, if you know it, why aren't you fixing it? Yeah. Or like, why aren't you trying? And yeah. it's just like, I don't know what to say at that point. Cause there's only so many times that you can say like, no, no, you're not like, no, this is not like, there's a lot of times like, I don't want to have to repeat myself in terms of empathy to you too, at the same time. Yeah. And that's not fair. Because- and that requires a lot of you. Like that's a yeah. lot of emotional support that I'm providing for something that I'm not even going through. Why is it every time this issue comes up, whether it be your job, your relationship, your family, another friend, why are you always looking to me to vent? Like you said before, let's put a plan in action. Let's put pen to paper what can you do to not even so much eradicate the whole thing? Because, you know, with anything it's not going to improve overnight, but you can take some steps. Yeah. And I think that's the problem, too. I've had friends like that in the past who have like said it to me and then I'll reply and be like, OK, so can you do this, this and this? Or like, what can you do to make it better? And they'll be like, I was just venting to you to vent. Like, I don't I don't need you to solve the problem. And then I literally had somebody get mad at me once and like not like want to talk to me anymore as like a friend because they're like you don't um like I'm not sympathetic or like empathetic it'll be like sometimes I just want to tell you things and not like have like a plan put in action which I can get there's some people who just want to say it but I'm kind of like if you're so upset about it and you're going to keep saying it then like what why don't you want to change it yes 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 agreed and I feel like you brought up a good point that too as people like even as friends, a lot of times you want better for that person and you know they can do better. But mm-hmm. it's just like you said, they have to work to their own time frame. But my thing is sometimes eliminate other people from that equation. If you know you're going through something and you're going to likely bring up the same thing, how about saving it? Not so much holding it inside, but looking for like another outlet or like another release. Like, OMG, this is really frustrating me I'm gonna sign up for a gym class or do something else because coming to me all the time especially if I can't do anything like you said outside of offer you advice like what are we discussing it for is this a waste of time I got a career development coach at work because I was like I'm tired of the same thing being brought up to me as like my weakness Mm-hmm. And like I was well aware of it so like the worst part is being self-aware of it and then hearing it again and again and again so I was like, yeah, 
I'm not going to do this like with my manager, like my team, like I got to do this like in a third party. Mm-hmm. Because if I miss something, if I'm trying to work on it with my manager and I miss something, then I'm going to get pissy. So I'm like, I got to just do it with a third party because. But again, like you said, that's that's a level of self-awareness that you have that I feel like some people aren't willing to claim that some people don't want to be self-aware quite honestly and I think maybe mm-hmm. that's the more thing that's annoying like know to get know your audience you would have told me yeah. about this same thing 30 times I know it from front to back just like you I didn't live through the shit so let's find something yeah because it's like the reality is if it, this thing makes you that unhappy why are you continuously sitting in this state like it's one thing to like be upset and like I know with like my depression sometimes I'll get upset about the same thing over and over again and like not try to fix it because I physically don't have the energy to do it. But then when I get that like wind of energy to do it, I'm immediately working on it. As so you should. It's like, it's like, what's the point? Like, because the more you procrastinate this one thing, it's going to make you more upset. Exactly. Exactly. And that's something a lot of people have to work through. I'm definitely just, like you said, a person who's more pen to paper because I don't want to keep talking about the same thing with people. I don't want to keep living through this stuff because at the end of the day too my my like last thought about stuff like this is you're the one living it at the end of the day everybody else is moving on with their life you're still the person that's miserable so if you don't fix it you cannot look to anybody else to fix it right period period poo period um but then you have people who just tell you it though because they want you to be like no and i'm not like that either though right <laughs> Maybe I'm not sympathetic. Maybe I'm not empathetic or sympathetic because I really just be like, girl. Well, there's so many times that like you can say it and then I'm just like, I don't know what to tell you because like, (laughs) I don't know. Like I've told you my viewpoint so many times, but like, I don't know what to tell you because clearly you're going to keep saying it. So I'm like, and then I look like an asshole because I'm not replying, (laughs) but I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, well, like, do you want me to be like, yes, you are? I think so. Maybe that's it. Um, I was going to say, I know another thing that we were discussing with Fed Up or Fucked Up. Uh, Miss Kenny, you recently signed a lease. Yeah, I got my first apartment. Does that have you more? I'm trying to think. I feel like that wouldn't have you fed up or fucked up. You probably fed up with all the paperwork and shit you have think- to go through leading to that process. I think what would have me more fed up with all of it was like, I didn't realize how much goes into this, like money wise, like moving is so expensive mm-hmm. and I didn't know, like, I didn't know, like granted I live at home now and I'm sure my family will be very helpful, mm-hmm. um, but I'm kind of like, this is so fake, like this is so <laughs> fake, like, you know, when you get to some levels of adulthood and you're like, this is absurd to like, yes. have to pay for some of these things, like a move-in fee, but my apartment isn't getting cleaned beforehand. I'm like, excuse me? Like, that's so stupid to pay for. Yes. Apartments are, I feel like a living in general, like how they just say housing, the prices for housing are like astronomical. It's true because oh even God. then when you're looking at apartments, the rates for some of these places when you look at what you're actually getting, I remember in St. Louis, I was looking in April, like I moved at the end of May, but I was looking all throughout April. We went to a few places and they were like, yeah, it's going to be like at least 1K in rent, but you don't have central air. And I'm like, 
Yeah. What the fuck? There what do you mean? Place. I saw a bunch of apartments while I was on my apartment search. And then when I saw this one, I stopped looking at other ones mm-hmm. just because it really made the most sense for like where I'm at in my life. Like I didn't, I looked at a bunch of studios, but I was kind of like, do I really want to live by myself right now? Mm-hmm. Just because I've always lived with somebody and like being alone would be nice. But like, also I quite honestly, I don't get paid enough to live on my own. Mm-hmm. Like it's very expensive to live on your own. Like I'm sure it's emotionally freeing, but it's like thinking about all the things I use now and all the things I do on a daily basis. If I'm paying like a thousand dollars in rent a month to live by myself, not including utilities out of what my current salary is, I'm going to have no quality of life because I'm going to be paying everything to live in this apartment. Mm-hmm. But then like going to work three days out of the week and then coming home, like I'm not going to want to do anything. We don't want to spend my time in my apartment because I'm like, I'm paying for this. <laughs> <laughs> but then like I saw this place and it's like in unit washer and dryer. I have one roommate. We share a bathroom. It's a beautiful bathroom. Like the whole entire thing. It's a garden unit, but the whole entire thing was like renovated recently. So oh, it's nice. like all like stainless steel appliances. There's mm-hmm. a brick wall. It's really cute. Like it just made sense for where I was at in my life. And like my roommate is super nice. She is very generous. Like she has every cooking, like gadget, like tool, whatever (laughs) you want to call it under the sun. And she's like, don't worry about like buying one right now, just because like spacing wise, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But also like, there's no need to, if it's here. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I, I literally faced, I voice memoed her today and I was like, are you positive? Because like, I'll do it. And then she's like, we literally don't have the space for it. She's like, if you want your own air fryer, you can do it, but there's no space. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like a blessing in disguise just because that saves me like whatever I would buy on like a Nutribullet, for example, or like an air fryer. Mm-hmm. I can put that money away to save for. Mm-hmm. And then like eventually when it's time for me to live on my own, like it's there for me. Yeah. To but- so, I feel like that's definitely smart when you're thinking about moving, um, like you said, taking into consideration, okay, these are things I can live without, but these are things I definitely need. Like I'm a person who wants to go out. I still want to have entertainment, spend time with my friends, go to the gym, so forth. I don't want to be spending all my money on my housing. And two, if I'm given this opportunity where I know I can save some money, I just have to live with one other person. I'm gonna make it work. Yeah, and she's not a bad person to live with, to be honest. So I'm like, you're like, let's make some shake. Let's make some work. It's a lot. I, it's so much that goes into moving. That's why I'm always amazed. Like to a degree, I feel like Americans we're very sheltered because when I meet people from, um, like foreign people who are in different countries, I even know I did a program with a girl. I believe her family was Palestinian but they live like in the United Kingdom for most of her childhood. And then they lived in Turkey. And I was like, oh my gosh, like you've lived in all of these different countries. How has that been? And she's like, it's no different than you moving to another state. It's not that big a deal. You get used to moving. So it's like a way of life. Whereas some people who don't, they don't see it as that. And I'm like, I never thought about it like that because if I were to be like, yeah, y'all, I'm moving to Brazil, everybody'd be like, wait, what the hell? What, <laughs> what? girl, what? Whereas if you already live somewhere like Colombia or another country, it's like not that big of a deal. I feel like Americans, we only move within 
the United States, whereas foreigners, 100%. they're traveling all around. They know how to navigate it a little bit better. Even like you said, with moving, moving companies are expensive as hell. I can only imagine like shipping things internationally or even statewide. I would lose my shit. I'm looking for a sugar daddy to help me with this. <laughs> like, I'm so serious. Like, I don't know. I'll give a foot massage to pay for these like movers. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I'll give my girl some money. Send uh, Kitty some money via cash app demo. Because I like, I was like, donations. I'm moving my bedroom into like a different bedroom. But I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is all insanity. It is expensive. Like, Even when you look to get like new furniture, because I know my mom's so funny. When I, I, I was at home for a long time too. And so when I was moving out, there were a few things where my family was like, oh, like, we'll help you with this piece of furniture or like, are you going to take this or are you going to like replace it? And I was like, oh, I'm just going to get like a brand new mattress. It's fine. And my mom was like, are you sure? And I was like, no, I just I want to get a brand new mattress. When I looked at mattresses and I'm like, oh, shit, they're like nine hundred dollars. Hell yeah. I will carry this mattress out of this house myself. I know where I have to to move. The thing that's hard about this too is that I have some stuff at my mom's place, mm-hmm. but she lives like an hour away from the city. So there's certain things that I want to use. Like I have a full size bed there. I want to tell me now. Um, so I want to get that mattress and I might as well take the bed frame if I'm going to take the mattress because then I don't have to buy a bed. But if I want to take the bed frame and move that, it's going to be hard to do that on my own. Hell yeah. I have to hire movers for that. And that's like $236. Yes. And so I'm like, that's insane. Like I might as well, like one of my best friends, like her dad has a pickup truck Mm -hmm. and I could literally call him about anything, but I haven't asked him, but I want to call him and just be like, can you help me grab this mattress? Like I'll buy a bed frame. Like I, you should the expensive thing. It's the mattress. Take advantage of anybody that offers you help. Honestly, because I was the same way, like, oh, I'm just going to call a moving company and get a quote. And I moved during the summer. So like super duper high rates just in time, just in terms of people moving and people coming and going. So when I called the moving company, they were like, oh, we actually don't have any openings till like August. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what? And they're like, yeah, we can we can like give you some other people who you can call. But at the moment, we're like booked up. And I actually had to do the same thing. I had to call a family friend who had a pickup truck and they helped me. And it was so nice being able to rely on them because they came and like picked everything up. And I was ready to go like I had everything packed up. But funny enough, I didn't even think about how much shit even weighs Cause I'm on the second floor in my apartment. So even then I'm like, okay, I can order my bed frame. Like I'll just need somebody else to help me move it up the steps. That bed frame was so heavy. We literally had to open it up downstairs and bring it upstairs piece by piece. So where I'm at, I'm (laughs) by the back door. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I might as well just move everything through the back door instead of the front door. Yeah. If you have a porch, it's going to be much easier that way. Mm -hmm. We do, which is nice, but I literally, my mom's like, you can take the bed frame apart. And I was like, I wouldn't know how to, like, then I'm not like, how am I going to do that? Like, so I'm like, I just give up. Like the mattress is probably the most expensive part of a bed. 
So I'm just like, we're just going to get a bed frame. You got to. I think the first two nights I slept in my apartment, it was by choice, but I slept on an air mattress just because, again, (laughs) moving my mattress was a lot. I had to make sure that, like, even when my family and friends were helping me, I'm like, can you guys carry this stuff? Like, do I need to call any of, like, my friends? And they're like, no, we should be able to. They're like, if you know any young men, that would be great. But if you don't, we not finna break your little female friends backs trying to carry all this stuff up. And it worked out fine. I actually wind up getting a lot of things delivered. Um, and then just like assembling them here. But even then with 2020 and COVID, not trying to say these moving companies are hiring anybody, but they are hiring any fucking body. <laughs> I ordered my dresser from Ikea and I pay for a delivery. And I told them like, Hey, I stay on the second floor, but like we have steps. It's not terrible, but I still want you guys to be aware of this. Can do. I promise you when they came, they were like, okay, where are we dropping this off at? I'm like, actually, can you follow me? Like you have to go upstairs. The bedroom. And they like steps. When I tell you they were walking up the steps and they were dropping my shit, I'm like, okay. I'm like, if anything is cracked. I'm suing. I am personally coming back to Ikea and driving my car through the building because what the fuck? (laughs) 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 What? Like, Ikea. I am. Ikea is cheap. When it comes to certain things, like it's going to be much more affordable than you actually going to a furniture store. But I'm still like, damn, don't be throwing pieces of my dresser up the steps. Like carry it, please. You know, that's a very good point. Because, you know, some of the people on TaskRabbit, too, who make it be wild. (laughs) That TaskRabbit, they charge you by the hour. So you better hope you get somebody who knows what they're doing. I know I want to I was like I want to order this bed and I want to get somebody to put it out through task rabbit but I'm a little scared <laughs> I'm a little scared I'm a little frightened <laughs> that was a little too much for me why did that why did that remind me of the Tyra Banks thing when she was like was anybody back there scared was anybody yeah, scared too. <laughs> you just go have to pull out your toolbox girl when they come like you know what I'm ready for whatever I'm here to help you let's get this shit done but two building furniture takes like certain pieces of furniture do take a while to put together I know I've put together pretty much anything I've gotten from Ikea but okay that's not like a two-year-old horn thing I put together a chair and a desk and that's still some experience because Ikea that shit you'd be like it hurt at one point (laughs) my fingers were bruised so First of all, my desk is still wobbly. I put this desk together and every now and then I like sit too hard at it and it like <laughs> shakes and I'm like, you know what? This is exactly what I get. Because <laughs> why did I think I could just put this together on my own? It doesn't matter. We still stand in. So it'll work out. It will you know, work I went out. To sit down on my desk chair and I was like, wait, one of these is rotated the opposite way. You will make it work. It's crazy. The stuff you will learn to live with when you realize hey this is just it's just cheaper to put up with it than trying to find another way facebook market is also your friend i don't know if chicago probably does have it but they have a um oh my gosh yeah but they have stretched like my apartment at least my landlord Mm -hmm. in the city of chicago has such a strict policy about bed bugs like if you get bed bugs like you're fucked (laughs) 
And that's why I'm like kind of scared of marketplace a little bit because I'm like, well. Oh, wow. Um, I never thought about that. I wasn't even, wait, it's, it's like marketplace. What is it called? It's like a group. I joined it and it's, you're tech, you're technically not buying. Okay. It's the pay nothing group. So they oh. have a pay nothing group, St. Louis. And basically in this group, people only post things that they want to get rid of that they're not technically selling. It's for free. You just have to go pick it up. And every now and then people will actually put some stuff in there that may be unused or just slightly used. Like I know one time somebody was like, hey, got two. Um, what did they say? It was like two lamps or something like, hey, I accidentally got two lamps delivered. They were like four lamps. Does anybody want one? Just need to come pick it up. Or somebody was like, oh, hey, got God. a new got a new refrigerator. This one is older, but it's clean. If you want to come get it, you can. I'm coming, my baby. <laughs> like, seriously, it's it's helpful. It is very helpful. I think they have one for every city. You just do like pay nothing. And then whatever region or city you're in. But I've posted things on there. Even for my birthday party last year, I did like tropical Hawaiian themed. And I just had all these random ass decorations. And I'm like, yeah, don't think I'm going to do this again. So I was like, if anybody wants some, um, what do they call them? Lays and grass skirts from Party City. I can drop them off. And sure enough, even then I had like young adult novels when I moved, I posted them all on there and people were like, I'm a teacher. I'll take them. Like, seriously, people will come get that stuff. If you say anything is free, people go be all over that shit. People want it. And that makes complete sense. I'll be like, I need a $5 surcharge. (laughs) And they're going to kick you right out the group. They're going to be like, ma'am, we said nothing (laughs) about pay. This says pay nothing. <laughs> I literally have these Ikea table legs that are like $8 a piece. And I was like, I'm going to sell them for 10. <laughs> trying to make Listen, a hustle. I'd be trying to get rid of I'm, shit. Please I'm come get side this. Hustle. I am side hustle less. I got to hustle somewhere else. That's hard. That is so hard. It's my inner Forex trader. Oh, man. See, I couldn't do Forex either. People be like, join my group, make some money. Do y'all like being broke? Like, bitch, get out of my face. <laughs> I can't stand them. <laughs> First of all, I feel like most people, we're at a point now where you should understand that a majority of people who are involved in any sort of Forex trading, they're making their money from the classes and the memberships. They're not making any money from the actual trading. Yeah, if you can recruit people, you can do it. You can. And it's just like a, another pyramid scheme. And that's something that I will not be a part of. It makes me laugh so hard when people make money off pyramid schemes. I'm like, I don't understand. I, I don't like... We all have our villain archetypes that we can see ourselves becoming. And being a part of a pyramid scheme for me just isn't it. Like, I don't know. I can't see see myself being a part of a pyramid scheme. I think I've thought about it, but I don't know if I'd actually do it. I feel like it takes a lot. Like, my pride, I don't think, will let me do it. Because somebody, first off, 
your your pride probably won't let you do it because the minute things go wrong, people who you recruited are gonna be like, "What the fuck? Like, why did you but not also, tell me this was set up?" Like, if you do that kind of stuff, you have to like you have to incorporate it into social media. So yeah. I don't want to post about that. I'd be too embarrassed. So I can't be on there posting about like the ladies with the leggings when I was like, girl, come get these leggings. Best hair of your life, Monet. Monet. Do it now. That's that's the thing about a lot of those like pyramid schemes. They're like, you're going to miss out now or never. No, the fuck I'm not. First of all, it looks cheap. Second of all, just know if I'm posting about a pyramid scheme, I'm literally in a cry for help scenario. <laughs> my gun is to my head. Call 911. Oh, that is hilarious. That's what you said. Gun is to my head. Now I can't see myself being a part That's of the only way I'm going to do it. Scheme. Nah. If I'm going to go all out with any scheme, it's just going to have to be all around terrible. Like a biker gang or like a cult. I can't see myself. I would love to be a kingpin. That would be nice. That would be nice. But I think I'd want to be the wife. Like, I watched a couple episodes of Power, like season one, and then I had to stop for some reason. I don't know why, but... You're going to be Tasha? Is that the wife? Yeah, I wanted to be her. But, like, I also, like, wanted something to happen between her and Tommy. But that's, I think, because I wanted Tommy. So I was like, if I see myself as Tasha, then I want Tommy. Bro, too much for me. Power has literally escalated into something much bigger than itself. Shout out to all these spinoffs. Tommy just got a spinoff. Who else they gonna give a spinoff to? Kanan had a spinoff. Like Fifty Cent has created a multiverse, multi universe (laughs) of drug dealers and kingpins. He has like he has all of these spinoffs for all of these characters who are connected. Like I literally, I'm glad you brought up Power. I started watching Power in like. 2000 what year was that it had to be like 2015 i started over quarantine like 2020 i wish i would have started now i started i'm too deep into it it's terrible now but i'm like i can't stop watching (laughs) i can't i have a funny point with the metaverse though because as boomer as this sounds of me and like aging maybe i'm scared of it like that and NFTs, like I don't get it. So I'm a little frightened, but I'm like, it's very, it's giving very much Black Mirror, like Anthony Mackie and Black Mirror. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think NFTs or the metaverse, I don't think it's supposed to make sense. It's supposed to be this very untangible thing that you like hear about, but you don't exactly understand. It's just there. Yeah. Somebody I followed on Instagram. Like a black hole. Said, like, you know what a black hole is, but it's like, what exactly what is fuck? a black hole? Somebody I follow on Instagram posted like an article that like, you could literally have sex with your NFT, like whatever your avatar in the metaverse. And I go, this is giving black mirror. Like it's <laughs> literally giving black mirror. Okay. That's very, di- it's giving that's my very different. You know what you guys, we're going to have to move on from this, but I want somebody to come on, <laughs> on to that, talk no. about in No, I want somebody to come on and talk about NFTs because I personally don't, I, I grasp the concept of it, but how does this work for me? Like, Mm -hmm. what can I do with something that I can't touch or see and that other people can't touch or see? Like, it's one thing to have a Monet or 
Van Gogh in your house, but to be like, oh yeah, I own an NFT. Like who cares? I can't see it. Why would I care? No, I want to know if you can like become an influencer from an NFT. Like what's the future of that? It's dark. I don't know. It feels dark. It like doesn't the Matrix. We're going to just all <laughs> take our red peel soon. But but you guys, moving on to the main segment of the show, we have the Make It Make Sense segment. So as discussed before, we are going to talk about those winter blues and not to make light of it, um, but I'm sure a lot of people have heard the news recently about Miss USA and her unfortunate passing. Um, I believe her name is Chesley. Chesley. Yeah, Chesley Christ. Um, but it's very unfortunate to hear that she committed suicide. And I just wanted to use this episode to talk about like mental health and depression, which is super duper prevalent. Um, according to the world, Hor- he- ooh, ooh, why did I chop that up like that? According to the World Health Organization's depression is a common common illness worldwide um, with an estimated 3.8% of the population affected, including 5% among adults and 5.7% among adults older than 60 years old, which I thought was really interesting. Like when you think about that, that's still a large number. And um, it translates into being approximately 280 million people in the world who suffer from depression. And as Black women and as young adults, I think we fall into the category of having to constantly audit our own mental health um, and take notice of others around us who may not seem like themselves. So just wanted to get into, again, a topic that is not as light and fluffy as other things that we've discussed, but still very prevalent. So I can say in my own experience, I have not dealt with depression personally, but I feel like I've gone through bouts of sadness or just feeling like really down. And again, I feel like mine is usually inflicted upon me from the weather. Like I am not a winter person. I do not like the cold weather. I do not like the snow. It doesn't make any sense living in the Midwest, considering all of the snowstorms we get, the fact that we have to put on a coat, the fact that in November it does get dark at 4.30. But during that time, I kind of feel like I just have to hibernate. Like I have to reemerge in the spring, not so much to be a better person or a better me, but I'm just like, maybe I'll use this time as a break even if it does look a little bit more like isolating and keeping to myself, I find that this is usually the time that I do this. But what about you? What would you say? Have you ever dealt with depression personally or seen anybody face depression? Yeah, I've, I don't know why I said it like that. Yeah. Um, I've had depression and anxiety since I was a teenager, like very early on. I had Mm -hmm. my first panic attack when I was 11. Um, but it, then I had my second one when I was 13 and then that's when I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, mine was triggered. It doesn't surprise me, um, because it's gone in like through my family very often. Mm -hmm. Um, especially on my mom's side, a lot of my relatives have had depression and like alcohol abuse Mm -hmm. because of it. Um, but mine, 
came on because of my parents' separation and divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a lot, I think, for me to deal with when I was very young. Mm-hmm. And the same time where things were happening, like that's when both my grandparents died, like three months apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I had a hard time processing like all of that grief and all of those emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of like contained it all. Mm-hmm. And that's like the thing that my parents have always realized with me is that I'll contain it until I absolutely snap. And then mm-hmm. that's when I was having my bouts of depression that I didn't know were depression at the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a very outgoing person. I very conversational. And when I'm going through like my bits of it, where I've just hit my wall, I don't talk. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to like muster up any energy, but like I literally used to go mute in high school. Like I used to just shut down completely mm-hmm. and I couldn't talk. Like it couldn't, cause I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I dealt with it at first by being medicated. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone through on and off cycles of being on like antidepressants. Mm-hmm. When I first was diagnosed, I was on um, kind of, I was on Lexapro mm-hmm. like all throughout high school and then up to my sophomore year of college and a little bit of my junior year. Um, and that's something that's kind of hard to be on very long-term too, because there are side effects. Like there are still some things that I think to this day, like I emotionally don't process just because I was used to being so numb about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over quarantine, I started taking a new medication called Cymbalta mm-hmm. that actually was probably the best I've felt like on a medication because the beginning sucks. That adjustment period is horrible. Um, but it was more of a serotonin, serotonin inducing drug. So I felt great. I felt really productive. Um, but then I realized how dependent I was on that for my happiness. And so I weaned myself off of that and then I stopped taking it. And right now I think I definitely go through my cycles where it's good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends on what I have going on in my life the most. Like when I'm on breaks from work for like the holidays, like those would be the best times because I wasn't doing anything. Um, but that adjustment period of like understanding that I had to go back to work, like that's when my depression would be triggered, not because of my job. I very much love my job, but I think it's that cycle of doing nothing. And then you have to be productive and you're like, I can't catch a break because you're still trying to adjust back to like being Mm -hmm. active again. Yeah. Um, but also I think like the holiday season, which is very ironic, but like the holiday season is probably one of my big triggers. Mm -hmm. Um, just because having divorced parents and trying to figure out like who you're going to navigate that and yeah and I think like one of my parents believes that they never put pressure on me Mm -hmm. or made me feel guilty about like who I was spending my holidays with but that wasn't the case um so it's like that would roll around and I'd literally get like sick to my stomach thinking Mm -hmm. about like what am I going to do or who am I going to be with and like Mm -hmm. letting somebody else down um and then that's also like between Thanksgiving and Christmas is when I lost my grandparents so it's still like kind of a memory book at that mm-hmm. same point of like, I don't know. And my family's all on the East coast. So I'm not even really spending it with them. So it's, it comes and goes in mm-hmm. cycles, but I've also dealt with it. Like within my siblings, mm-hmm. um, having somebody close to me, like my brother struggles with it as well. Um, but his is a lot more serious than mine is. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also the hardest thing too, is like knowing somebody else who you like are very close with and you love is like going through it mm-hmm. um and trying to process that like sometimes you just literally don't know what to do mm-hmm. other than just like let me know if you need anything yeah um 
or just saying like hi's and hello's and all of that. And I, I don't know if this is the best thing in the world, um, but I, a lot of my friends go through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the understanding of like, Hey, I know it's this time or like, Oh, you're going through it right now. Like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Or just checking in, even if it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But I think assessing health overall, like with mental health, like we just gotta, it's easier said than done. Um, but sometimes it's just that text message to be like, I'm thinking of you or like, my favorite thing is if somebody like will remind me about something mm-hmm. that like I've done with them in the past, like randomly, um, and just being open with it. Like I've been very open with it on social media mm-hmm. and it's very scary to be open with it, to be like, yeah, I'm actually like going through this or like I have battles or bits with depression. Cause I think for some people they can be very judgmental to be yeah. like, well, it looks like you have a good life. So what do you have to be upset about? Yeah, But yeah. there's just things that people deal with, like, that we don't know. Like, I think the thing with Chesley and her death is that I literally was at a loss for words mm-hmm. because this just shows you the power of social media at that same point, because it's like you were Miss USA, our longest running Miss USA, our oldest Miss USA we've ever had. You're working at extra, you're an attorney, you have an MBA, like on paper, everything looked beautiful on mm-hmm. Instagram, everything looked beautiful. And her last post on Instagram and her caption of her last post, like, made, like gave me chills mm-hmm. um, because they're like, how is some, like, how is she feeling like this in between that we don't know, or just like mm-hmm. what we're mm-hmm. seeing too on social media. And that's the thing is that whatever is on somebody's Instagram profile is fake. And I keep reiterating that. And I keep saying that because there's so much internally that people deal with, but they're mm-hmm. not going to be as open to talk about it on social media. Mm-hmm. Like had she ever posted something that was like, I have depression and I'm struggling. I'm sure for all those positive comments she would have received. Of, like, it would have been something negative or even then I feel like a lot of times that startles people because mm-hmm. depression is more of a, of an emotion people like to mask and not talk about, like you said, as openly. Cause a lot of times people associate depression, which with such negative feelings that they don't think about it in terms of being something that people can work through and Mm -hmm. live with and if they are proactive about it can get better and eventually come out of whatever depressive state it is but I think it's definitely scary for people to even like you said in the beginning acknowledge it because then it's like bringing up these feelings of like well why do you feel this way why do you feel such sadness or why are you no longer interested in these activities uh that you used to enjoy and I also can relate to what you said about anxiety because I think a lot of times when it comes to stress or me feeling lost mine translates more into being anxious and being like jittery and not getting enough sleep and almost like reaching the point of being manic like yeah. oh my gosh I I just have so much energy I cannot That's sit down I'm, I'm all I'm, I'm just startled I have to do something I have to make myself do something and that's something that I've tried to work through and even then I feel like with going more into anxiety and having manic episodes people don't know how to deal with that either because instead yeah. of being very calm into yourself. It's like you're doing doing ten thousand things at once. And My anxiety like, triggers into like panic disorder. Mm-hmm. So they're they're on the same spectrum. But mine literally goes from anxious. I'll start panicking, then I get overwhelmed, 
And then I'm exhausted. So then I like experience depression because once I've on that, when I've gone through that adrenaline high of like panicking, I'm on the come down, then mm-hmm. I'm sad. Mm-hmm. But I think overarching, like if you tell somebody you have depression, sometimes it's like, oh, you're damaged goods off the spot. Especially I will say when it comes to dating and getting to know somebody, if I were to be like, mm. I struggle with this and be like, oh, well, she's not perfect or she's not this, but I also think it comes with like being a black woman at that same point, there's such a high importance on being like strong and resilient. And I think that's a label that they've given black women for so many years that you're strong, that you're resilient, that you're like, you can get through anything. And it's like, you really have to take that pressure away or take that wording away. And Mm -hmm. it's the same thing we give to black men too at that same point, which is why there's such a stigma of them getting mental health resources, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. like, we have to take that away from like being synonymous with being a black woman, being synonymous with being a black man, that you're strong and you can withhold and you can take things. Mm-hmm. There's got to be vulnerability. There has to be vulnerability. And two, you just have to still sit back and acknowledge what black people experience as a whole. We still mm-hmm. go through bouts of racism sexism poverty so if anything we're more at risk than I feel like maybe if anything I can see black people being at risk along with Latinos and Asian people Mm -hmm. just because there is this like we just deal with so much more yeah I feel like summer 2020 was like the first time we gave black people a pass to be vulnerable Yes. and emotional because you just saw how much trauma was going on and like honestly I'd say same for like the Asian community there's so much pressure put on them mm-hmm. by society just by norms generational norms mm-hmm. at that point even like first gen students yeah. like there's so much pressure put on minorities in general mm-hmm. that like that vulnerability and that like ability to be emotional is so like frowned upon and shunned out and I hate that there has to be trauma in society for us to accept like people who we thought were strong, not being, not being strong for lack of a better term. And that's the thing though. We have to work more as a society to not correlate the two. Being emotional mm-hmm. does not mean you're weak. If exactly. anything, that means you're stronger because you're allowing yourself to feel things. You're being honest about that. Yeah. to lie to yourself and be like I'm not sad I I don't feel depressed like you are doing yourself an injustice because at the end of the day yeah. you're not accepting that something has changed and that you need to make this change to your life and I know I had a friend who or, or I've had friends in the past who've dealt with more serious mental health issues and I've even been honest with them as a friend like hey you know, this isn't something that I've personally struggled with, but I do want you to seek professional help just because I feel like as a friend, I can't give you all of those answers that somebody with credible information that has done research in this field can provide you or can Mm -hmm. be there for you. Like, you know, at the end of the day, I can listen, but is anything that I say going to actually be helpful? are going to actually implement any plan that you can put into progress with seeing the change that you want in your life? Like, I don't think so. So I'm going to be honest about that. And two, I, I don't even know if I could handle that pressure as your friend. Like, I literally had to tell a friend that, like, I haven't dealt with anybody who's had major mental health concerns before. So 
even how I'm going about interacting with you, I'm kind of nervous because I don't want to trigger or set you off. Not to say Mm -hmm. I don't want to be there for you, but like, I don't, I don't always want us, our interactions to be like, not so much that I'm walking on ice, but again, that I may trigger something that I'm not aware of. Yeah. And that's something that you even have to be honest with. And I think too, it's interesting how you mentioned social media, because there is this thing on social media of appearing as one thing, but then being completely different behind closed doors. And we have to even take that pressure off of ourselves. Like I know me personally, when I go to social media, I literally go for shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. I do. I truly do. I try to reflect that in things that I post and not take myself as seriously. But I still do know that a lot of times people are like, well, I have to put on my best self to be out there in front of all of these people, especially when you're somebody like Miss USA, where you have this ginormous audience of people looking at you. Yeah. There's a point in time where I had to stop going on TikTok. It was honestly maybe for like a month or three months. Mm-hmm. That's a large amount of time, but mm-hmm. I had to stop going on TikTok just because I, my feed, I don't know what happened on like my for you page, but it was completely like people, my age and younger, like a day in the life of like blah, 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 working for so-and-so company where they were making like definitely a lot of money, but it'd be like this perfect morning routine, like this perfect food, like mm-hmm. outfits, everything, like all this stuff. And it just felt like I get really comparison like when I see stuff on social media and I'm like here I am like not doing that or it'd be like here's an as a micro influencer like these are the brands I reached out to or this is the money I made mm-hmm. and it's like immediately I saw that and I'm like what am I doing with my life and it was just this one like one by one situation and I just had to stop looking at it because it would like make me upset and I think that's also the thing with social media is that like all of it is fake like in reality, you're showing it's a highlight reel. It is. And I think people forget that sometimes and they'll start comparing. Like I'm so guilty of that. Or they'll like see stuff like when it comes to like body goals and stuff like that. And like, it's some, I think too, it's something that's very unconscious. Mm-hmm. It's something that unconsciously happens. Even though, like I said, I tend to go to social media for like to laugh at things. There can be those unconscious feelings of being like, oh, well, this person is doing this why am I not doing that? Or, Hey, I see how this person did this. Why can't I go do that? Like you do put yourself in this mode of comparison and to, like you said before, when you do show up as yourself, that is not always the prettier version or the best and most positive version there is that backlash like we see time and time again where women or men get online and they share something that may have happened to them and people are like what the hell what the fuck why would you post this oh my god what kind and you're like I thought the person was just being honest why are you needing to like rehash this negative energy onto them yeah and it's crazy because you think about too, like, I don't know the, the power. I think it's the power of social media too. We just know it can kind of like not so much make or break people, but we've seen things happen on social media for the betterment of people and blow up and be positive. But we've also seen some things happen on social media that can like tarnish people and it's no yeah. coming back from. And it's just like, 
okay, this got very dark, very quick. I feel like that's a thing that scares me the most about like social media and celebrities mm-hmm. is it's like, you say one thing and it's like canceled. And like, I understand like Jenny, if you ever watched Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. she just got fired and everyone's like, cancel her for mm-hmm. good reason. Like she posted some really racist stuff. Mm-hmm. on social media but then you have like some people where it's really I don't know I'm kind of like what the heck like I admit like I hate on Jackson Mahomes and Brittany Matthews sometimes <laughs> like Patrick Mahomes like fiance and little brother and I'll be like you are really annoying but it's also like the way they get treated sometimes on the internet I don't know if I have the skin on my back to like actually go through that like mm-hmm. her spraying champagne on like Chiefs fans Mm-hmm. And everybody making the biggest deal about it. I didn't think it was that big of a deal because it's like at that point, you would think she would have had enough interaction with them mm-hmm. that they would have been like, yay. But I don't know. I think for me, it's just sometimes like, even like Jackson, I'm like, you are literally a teenage boy making TikToks who just has like a famous brother. Like they're annoying, yes, but it's also like the things people say to him. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'd be able to like go and through two, even the things that people say behind these accounts that they don't even like they're like bots yeah almost. and they're so nasty yes like, people say a lot of malicious and like bachelor contestants things. like bachelor and bachelorette contestants I would say oh. bachelor contestants get it more like the women oh, I would yes. say they get it worse but like they get some really really nasty comments and it's like while they're on the show and then the mm-hmm. moment they're off the show and they're like on social media or whatever, people are like, oh, I love you. So they're like, it's like, how do you give somebody hell for like four months and say like really, really nasty things? And all of a sudden you see they have a personality behind what's portrayed and you're like, oh, I like you. Like Anna Redman, she's from Chicago. She was on Matt James season. Mm-hmm. And I know of her because she went to undergrad where I went. Mm -hmm. and she was like a year older than me but she said some things that were just not okay on like Matt's season about somebody Mm -hmm. um but the way they treated her on the internet after was so like I don't know inhumane like people were probably just saying like really really nasty things and I feel like too when you're a celebrity or celebrity adjacent like you have a famous sibling a famous spouse boyfriend or girlfriend people do target you just relentlessly relentlessly like yeah they do it for pure enjoyment and pure spite so well, now they like love her because she makes funny tiktoks and i'm like you can't go from like writing really nasty things about somebody to being like oh you're funny now but see i feel like too that's public like public opinion sways so Mm -hmm. heavily it typically does not focus on one like ideology for a long period of time so it's not unlikely that people can go from hating somebody to loving them the next day well when I was 15 I was interviewed on CNN and I okay okay I got some really like mean things like I think negative comments outweighed the positive ones on the clip and and like people found my personal Facebook and were sending me messages people found my Instagram and all this stuff and like tweeting about me and it wasn't nice and I think the thing is that that kind of like still bothers me about it to this day is I was 15 
Like, it's not like I was 18. It's not like I was 24. Like I am now, like I was 15 years old. And if you feel comfortable, like calling like a 15 year old girl, like a bitch, like stuff like that, like you really have issues on your own. And you do. And it was for politics. So that's probably why too. like that brought out the nastiness in people. It's politics. I feel like I'm like, if you are grown and you feel comfortable saying something to a 15 year old girl on the internet, like that's a you problem. And like, I wish I would have realized that at the time, like that has nothing to do with me. Like that's a them problem. But that's still like bullying in a sense, because if I'm getting an an influx of messages from all of these people calling me a bitch and a slut and you're dumb mm-hmm. and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like after a while, I'll be like, well, damn, like, do they yeah. know something I don't? And that's, that is so heartbreaking to hear that, you know, your story is like one of many that mm-hmm. people can relate to that people have endured on social media. But then you go back and you get on Twitter and you get on Facebook and they're like, we're having an anti-bullying campaign or mental health awareness. And it's like, wait a minute. Do you know how you even play into some of these things that are yeah. like harmful and that are like hurting people? I have two things about that. So I think the thing that was the craziest for me about all of that was that these were like grown people, like making comments on the internet, like mm-hmm. feeling comfortable to comment under a YouTube video, like feeling comfortable to tweet me directly. And I'm like, that says a lot about you on your end. Mm-hmm. but. Another thing is there's a girl from my hometown who was quite honestly the meanest girl to everybody in high school. Like she was very, very mean. And that's what she was known for. And she literally, I remember one time she knew I was very like pro Obama and we were in our old Testament class and she went on a tangent in front of the whole class about how Michelle Obama was disgusting. And I literally was like, I, uh, like I couldn't even make it make sense. Like you could probably say a lot of other words, but disgusting. Like I feel like across the board, that one just doesn't make sense for anybody to say that about her because one, what do you know about her? Like, I will say, I think we all thought we knew a lot about Michelle Obama, but like looking at it, she was very like on a need to know. But the thing that is like the craziest thing to me about all of this is that like once you got one of those stand together bullying numbers and then two, like, well, talk about mental health today on like social media about like how important it is, how bad bullying is like all this stuff. And I'm like, you're still mean, like nothing has changed like whatsoever, but there's another thing. And I won't get into that. Cause that's like, it's mean, but like, it's just, I, it blows my mind how people who were like really, really mean mm-hmm. in high school mm-hmm. to other people. And like people literally have issues from it to this day are the ones that are like, it's not okay to be being on social media. I'm like, you're just like, okay. Right. But I'm like, do you not realize that you were like, I remember there's a group of kids in my high school who are my age group. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they'll listen to this, but if they do, they do. But they made like, do you remember flipogram? Yes. Like you could take pictures. So they made flipograms of like the drama that was going on between like people and they would take like their class pictures and they would take like a photo related to it and put it in the flipogram account. And I think the one thing about high school drama is like, you don't want other people to know it. You know, everybody knows it, but you don't want other people to know it and to talk about it. Mm-hmm. My high school was that, messy. People. So was mine. Like, but I think have, mine like, was Twitter messy accounts. in like a getaway. Like my oh, freshman God. year, a girl got hit in the head with a lot. Oh. It wasn't <laughs> it was, that bad because that was, was like, a predominantly white high school. So we were like messy bad. behind the scenes. Okay. But okay. like we would make Twitter accounts 
and like discuss the drama on the Twitter accounts mm-hmm. or the, like this Instagram account, like t- mm-hmm. discuss the drama on that. Mm-hmm. And like thinking about that now, I'm like, that was so not okay. Yeah. And I mean, you have to come to those stages as an adult where you look back on stuff that you did when you were younger and be like, okay, one, we, we didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. We were already kind of just emulating other attitudes and behaviors we saw everybody else doing so you know it's it's like different to really have to make yourself stand out from a group at that age just because you're like I do want friends I do want these people to like me so you know we're gonna run together eventually they're gonna do stuff I do I'm gonna do stuff they do so you're not thinking about that until you get older and you're like okay that was kind of fucked up yeah like that's what I think about now and I'm like why didn't we ever like but you still have more? enough common sense to be like okay that was not right we shouldn't have did <laughs> that it happened but it was not right whereas some people grow up and still are bullies like you said are still very mean and nasty people who kind of like relish in making other people upset or in triggering other people that's why again when I notice people are going through something or just not seeming like themselves. I try to provide support, but I also know that like I can't save everyone and in a lot of instances they have to want more for themselves. Therefore, yeah. they have to seek that professional help or they have to change their behaviors that are allowing to them to like relish in being depressed and isolating themselves. Um I know like outside of what we talked about before about seeing a professional, about finding the best medication for you, um, what would you say are other things that you kind of do to like audit your behavior or your mental health and like look after yourself? I think working out is a big thing. I've noticed like the way I feel after I'm a little bit more alive, but I think like I see it in the morning if I work out like a more productive mm-hmm. at work or if I, I work out in the evening, like I feel significantly better mm-hmm. and emotionally better. Um, one thing I do need to get better at is my sleeping ha- like schedule. Same. I will say like because of anxiety, I don't get a lot of sleep. Like my mind will always be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yoga helps, but like because I have like ADHD, I literally cannot focus in a yoga class because it's so slow sometimes I think sometimes it can be anxiety inducing but like making a checklist for myself like things I need to get done today or like mm-hmm. things that I need to get done this week things I need to get done this month like that helps I mean that's still that I can see that helping because too mm-hmm. that to me like releases a, a, a feeling of accomplishment making a checklist and not put not so much putting the pressure on yourself to get everything done but being like okay I got through this task now moving on to this now moving on to that and like seeing it in front of you you're like okay I can do this I can move through this um I know for me personally like you said sleep having Mm -hmm. to make sleep a bigger priority in my life is something that I always notice shows where my mental health is like if I'm going to bed at 1 a.m and still waking up at 7 something is off yeah (laughs) something is completely off I am even though I'm up 
I'm not always mentally there or I feel like there's a lot of fogginess when I don't get as much sleep just because I haven't reset fully. Um, so I, I definitely have to prioritize sleep. I know for me, one thing that I noticed when I was going through bouts of sadness, being very uh, grateful and doing like those gratitude exercises where you like wake up and you literally write down like maybe three things you're grateful for in the day or within the week that you just know like, hey, I can come back to this, something that I can see. That's That helps me a lot. And I don't know why, but I'm just always like, okay, this is nice to see. Like I have something Mm -hmm. like going for myself in a way that I can like focus my attention back to. I really want to get into that. I have a five minute journal Mm -hmm. and I think it's like setting that like, like situation, not situation, like intention. Yeah. Or like routine for myself, Mm -hmm. um, every day to like do it just because I, like, I remember I was working with like a life coach Mm -hmm. and this was like when I was unemployed and it was still during the pandemic. (laughs) And I was like, I literally sleep so late in the day. And then I feel horrible and all this stuff, like trying to work on my sleep schedule. And I've been trying to work on it for like two years and I'm getting a new coach for it. Um, but she was like, wake up in the morning and the moment you're up, just go get a glass of water because it'll set your body up to like getting up Mm -hmm. and then going and doing something. So that if I like want to start journaling, Mm -hmm. it'll get me to do that because I'll be in a routine that like, I got to just do one thing. Like when I wake up Mm -hmm. and I think those like five minute journals are like kind of nice and productive because granted it's asking you like oh what are you thankful for what are you grateful for today and it can get annoying and repetitive but it's like setting that gratitude attention for the day like I'm thankful I woke up with the roof over my head or I'm thankful it's that like I laying up. the groundwork yeah because then it's like you can look back on it and be like yeah like, like I can build other- up yeah I set like um I remember seeing it on TikTok on like spiritual TikTok mm-hmm. um Cause I will say like my religion has been like my helpful point in my mental health journey mm-hmm. that I'm like, regardless, like I know somebody or something is there to like talk about my day with, to talk about like anything I'm feeling there's guidance there. And that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. But I'll say like, I set like a checklist on my notes app mm-hmm. that was like by this day next year. Cause it was like manifest it now on this day and it'll happen because blah, blah, blah is in retrograde. Um, but I did that. And I said, by like this day, like next year, I'll have X, Y, and Z thing. And I revisited that um, checklist, like not too long ago, like maybe a week or two ago. And I've seen like, I can check off X, Y, and Z thing. So I think that's like manifesting too. And like goal setting through manifestation has been really helpful because you're not saying it's like a be all end all you're saying, like, I'll do it. And it's like slowly going to get there. Yeah. But I think one of the big things I really work on, want to work on with myself this year is budgeting because Mm -hmm. that's a huge trigger point for anxiety. I think for myself and for most people, like, especially in our age group, like some of us have never had to do that. Like I've always been like disassociating with my finances and I'll be like, you know, I'll spend it. it (laughs) Right. I'm like, when it's gone, it's gone. I can't take it with me. But I think that's like one of the big things is that you have to set yourself up that way or else it's just going to make you stressed out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, we're so young, but we've lived through a lot. 
Like we are in the third year of a pandemic. I saw the first black president. I lived through a fucking recession. I lived through a terrorist attack. Like we've seen a lot and endured a lot. So we do. We lived through two terrorist attacks. We true. You 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 damn right. We damn sure did. One foreign and one domestic. (laughs) And the thing is, we have to even I feel like cut ourselves slack because I know for me too. I always go back to trying to even grapple with and understand more the difference between feeling sadness and when something is an actual depressive episode. Because, you know, there can be times when you are just feeling gloomy and you're like thinking about some things and having unpleasant memories, but you kind of sit in it long enough to be like, hey, this happened. I can acknowledge it. I can move on. And you find yourself like, okay, the next day I can pick myself up and it's getting a bit better. Whereas mm-hmm. there are times where you're like, okay, this is getting a little bit scary because it's just lasting much longer. Let me be aware of this and even be honest with myself. Is this looking like I'm coming up on week two of not talking to anybody and just staying yeah. in my room? Like you have to really kind of just make yourself aware of that. And I think that's something that at least within my friend group, we've been honest about and even trying to check in with each other and like stay connected. Mm -hmm. Like I know I've had friends who've had like major losses in their life and they're just like, hey, not trying to cut everybody off from me, but I just feel like I need time to recharge and replenish. So instead of me just completely falling off the face of the earth, I want to let somebody know before I go off the grid. Because even then as a friend, you can come back and be honest, like, hey, no, you said you were really chilling out from the group message and the group chat and social media, but still just want to let you know I'm always here if you want to talk about anything. Like that's mm-hmm. helpful, but you still have to kind of, I feel like it can be asking a lot, but it's still nice to put that out there to your friends. At yeah. least. I think where I got really lucky with my friends, like my two closest friends right now, mm-hmm. um, are both mental health professionals oh. um so I'm kind of I'm lucky like one of them's a social worker the other one's a therapist so if I say like not the best right now mm-hmm. I'll be like let's talk about it what's going on how can we help and like I think that's also like just the awareness like it's nice having friends that are like how can I help mm-hmm. it might not be anything in this world but it's the thought processes there that like mm-hmm. you're not alone yeah For sure. For sure. And then I feel like it definitely helps at our age having that support system. Because again, your families don't always understand, especially Mm -hmm. if your family has gone through like similar bouts of depression or had similar mental health issues. A lot of times, at least from my own perspective, what I've seen is some families be like, not to say like, you go figure it out, but they just like, oh, okay, well, we went through it. So you'll eventually get through it. And it's like, uh, that should not be the case. That's that's not how it should be thought <laughs> of or processed. And I heard that with a lot of people like, oh, well, my mom went through this and my dad went through this. So they're kind of just like immune to me having to deal with this same thing. And it's like, that is not a good thing at all. Oh, and moving on to the very last segment of this show, we have You Are Drove. 
So you guys, disclaimer, my non-St. Louisans, um, drove is just again when you thought a situation was going to work out in your favor and it did not because that happens, happens frequently. But these people, I feel like they knew more or less that they would be drove sooner than later. But two New York nurses are facing charges for forging COVID vaccine cards and earning more than $1.5 million dollars. So Thelma and Louise was raking in the big bucks because it's no way in hell you just selling two to three fake vaccination cards and making a little change. They accumulated over $1.5 million. That is crazy. Um, so Julie Devino, um, 49, the owner and operator of Wild Child Pediatric Healthcare in Amityville, and her employer, Marissa Arano, 44, began scamming in November 2021 um, until recently, January 2022. So, Loki, that is a short amount of time for them to have accumulated as much money as they did. But the pair allegedly forged vaccination cards charging adults $220 a piece and $85 per child for a fake record that would land in the New York State Immunization Information System database. So not only were they producing fake vaccination cards, they were actually putting this into government databases to show that the person had been vaccinated when indeed they had not to make that extra dollar and they were only caught after they allegedly created records to indicate a vaccine was given to an undercover detective despite never administering the vaccine so their little scam and scheme was caught pretty quickly um And undercover agents would in, set up an appointment and so forth, which is crazy to think about. Like, I think about undercover agents doing stings for like terrorist groups and kingpins, but they really just in the United States, making sure Brittany Lynn and Susan aren't (laughs) producing fake uh, vaccination cards. Um, And literally during the search of, Julie's home official said officer seized roughly $900,000 and they found ledgers of documents that she had made over $1.5 million. So she not only had $900,000 in cash in her home that she could not like show how she got it or anything, but she had these documents that she had basically forged all of this shit and was making all of this money. I don't know oh. where she had it stored, if it was offshore accounts or what, but my girl was bringing in in bucks. Like they she could have bought. She was buying. She could have bought a few Birkins. <laughs> she could have bought a few NFTs. You know what? The craziest thing about this is, though, is like. What happens to everybody who bought a card from her? That's a good question. I don't even can. I well, they're in New York and I know in the um, 
article that I pulled this information from, they just said that their senator, I believe, mm-hmm. she just signed into law that it's like a federal law to forge vaccination records. So, I mean, if they figure out everybody who's in the system who didn't have it, I'm sure they'll be penalized. It might take well, some she time. she had a ledger. I'm sure she has names with that ledger, though. Everybody going it's to jail? Like- Elaine Maxwell's book. It would, ha- but you know what though? I'm glad you brought that up because it would have to be like that's a lot of names. And when you think about how much money they make, they were only charging two hundred and twenty dollars for adults and eighty five dollars per child, and they made over one point five million dollars. That's crazy. And ironically enough, would you believe it that the NYPD also have something to do with this? Um the woman who is the master schemer behind the plan, Julie, her husband is actually a New York police department officer. And he's being investigated by his department um, and by the department's internal affairs bureau in terms of his possible involvement with his wife's scheme. Interesting. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. I don't even know how, you know what? I don't even see why would somebody want to get a fake vaccination card though you can just get vaccinated for free right like that's the thing I think for me that I'm like (laughs) and even then you're buying this card to go wherever and prove that you're vaccinated but what happens when you get sick and you go to the hospital and they find out that dun 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 you're not vaccinated right it's nuts it's nuts I you know what now that I think about it I want them to investigate those deaths from COVID that they said are from vaccinated people are they really vaccinated investigate I need better numbers I need more intel I think for me the craziest thing about people buying vaccination cards was that yeah it's free but it's like what do you get out of that like what is the point of that like it's like, I think the fact for me too is like in Chicago, we get, we have to show our vaccine cards to like go to any place right now. Mm-hmm. The fact they have to ask for ID with it too is the craziest thing. I'm like, I'm literally showing you part of my medical record. Like, bro, I be carrying my vac- my, uh, my vaccine card around like it's my passport. Like, do I still got right? this? Mug you on literally me? are. Where is this thing at? I I cannot lose it. Oh my god, we went out to a club this summer and got a little two turn and literally dropped everything, but somehow managed to make it home without my vaccination card. And my best friend was like, "I don't know what your drunk ass was doing, but I found it right outside the car. So you are in luck." I was like, "Girl, thank God. Let me come to your house and get this damn vaccination card." I couldn't do anything without it, like. They created a virtual wallet in Illinois so you can add it to your Apple wallet. Bro, I need Missouri to get on board. Missouri needs to get on board. I lost both my cards. I lost my dose one and two, and then I lost my booster. So I had literally been showing people like my documentation PDF. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like it was a little bad. Um but I just I can't fathom like people buying a vaccine card, like there's nothing that treacherous about this vaccine that you have to like buy fake documentation. 
And people are though. That's the craziest shit to mm-hmm. me. It makes no sense. Again, what does this do? Yes, you now have this piece of paper, but if you really get fucking sick, then it's like, I'm confused. I would be like, I'm confused. It says on paper you vac- vaccinated, but we got you on a ventilator. And I feel like where she fucked up was putting it into a federal database. Like that's where she really messed up. Cause it's one thing to create a card, but it's another thing to like actually input it into a system. A government system at that, a federal system. Yeah. Like that's where she really messed up. Because even then, like, I don't know people who are, are not afraid of federal charges scare me. Like people who fight in airports. What the hell? Do you never want to go anywhere? The TSA in the airports. I'm like, do you not understand? Like that's. That's a federal crime. You will go yeah. to jail. <laughs> like, I think I saw a TikTok recently of some woman, like, doing something in an airport. And I, I think she literally, like, charged a tarmac or something, like, trying to get on her flight. And I was like, that's literally a federal crime. <laughs> like, that's not even cute. It's not, because I don't want to be on nobody's no-fly list. Like, how are you going to even get places? By bus? By train? Or like those teenagers who are from Canada that went to like Cancun. That was nuts. That was nuts. And nobody will fly them back. Yeah. (laughs) That was nuts. And then they were saying stuff like, oh, charge them with like terrorism. Because the pilot at that point didn't have control over the plane. And I was like. Imagine trying to explain that to like your next job when they're like, hey, we did a background check. Imagine being like that known because everybody knew who they were after the fact. And I don't really know like what I would do at that point because that was so stupid. Also, I want to know how one of the girls got a bottle of Grey Goose on the flight. She was taking a shot out of Grey Goose and I was, I don't know how. How did that go through TSA? Where did you have it? Them, Them Canadians different. I don't know. I'd like to know. Even their prime minister got involved. Yeah, you definitely going to jail. I just don't even know how that even happened on a plane. (laughs) Like, I don't think I've ever been on a flight where that would even come up as a possibility. First of all, if I was on a plane and people literally started partying like they were partying. I'd act like I was hurt. I'd roll out onto the floor and be like, they hurt me. Fuck acting like I'm hurt. We about to land this like flight, like Denzel. Cause what mm-hmm. the hell? You had this. We need a we need an emergency landing. It's no way I'm sitting through a flight and people are acting like that, especially from Canada to Cancun. Mm-hmm. I am flying damn near halfway across the continent. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And it's nothing but land. I could see if they were flying over water. Okay, I'm a little nervous to land, but land is damn plain to let me off here because I would have started fighting it doesn't even make sense like I thought it was fake I'm not gonna lie to you at first because it doesn't even make sense how that it was even like got to that point like how it even escalated that far maybe they have any black flight attendants I don't know the flight attendants gave up you can see them watching from the back (laughs) I guess they said you know what at the end of the day, this is a job. I'm not putting myself at risk. To I know when I was them. flying Spirit, <laughs> when I was coming back from LA, 
and going to LA. But when I was coming back from LA, this girl had a BBL in front of me. And I think she bought two seats instead of one. So there's still somebody else in that row that had to deal with her. But she literally was never in her seat, even when like they were like, you need to be a new seat, seatbelt on. She wasn't. She was just walking back and forth in the bathroom, like all that. I guess it's no big deal, but I'm like, why aren't y'all a little bit more strict about this? What if she like, what if we hit turbulence as she flies across the bathroom? That's on you. We said the seatbelt sign is on, ma'am. Sit down. All right. <laughs> but you know she's going to sue. That is on you. They will literally be like, we said the seatbelt sign was on. I feel like <laughs> it takes it takes a lot to sue any huge corporation. So to sue a, an airline, you really have to have some shit on them to be like, okay, I'm going to win this battle. No, it's no way. My life goal. I'm sorry. <laughs> But you guys, that is it for this week's episode. Um, you know the deal and you know the spiel. Rate us on iTunes and Spotify. Spotify now has ratings, so y'all can go ahead, give us them. I think it's four stars, five stars. Either way, give us a high rating. I feel like that would be great. Yes. Do your due diligence. Leave us a review on iTunes with an actual comment um even send us an email we are going to have some more upcoming episodes where we want you guys to be a little bit more interactive so we're going to post some instagram stories and look for some responses there but that is it you all bye Thanks for listening to Annoyed Not Offended with See It. Have a question or interested in sharing an annoyance of your own to be read on the show? Email annoyednotoffended at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Annoyed Not Offended for more hilarious content and updates on the show. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, bye.